Hello, JRPG fans and enthusiasts. Welcome to the podcast. This is the JRPG Report, episode 44. We are in uh, the dog days of almost summer here in June. Just wrapped up E3 a couple of days ago. Father's Day was yesterday and we uh, the dust has finally settled and... I've got a chance to pour back over anything and everything that had to do with E3 and uh, try to weed out all the uh, other genres <laughs> and uh, just focus on our uh, our beloved Japanese role-playing games. And uh, I think I finally have got at least a pretty good grip on the situation. Um, E3 is never particularly known for huge announcements outside the big heavy hitters. Um, your Final Fantasies and Personas, uh, Dragon Quest every once in a while, but um, that is, you know, typically more for Tokyo Game Show. But we do have plenty of things to talk about, and. Um, one of the things that's let's, let's let's go ahead and retrace our steps and let's go back to June 9th on the Facebook page. I put a a post up of uh, what we thought our E3 predictions were going to be, um, and let's see how we did. I had three, so in case you guys did not see them, um, my first one was the easy one: Kingdom Hearts 3 would get a release date. Uh, number two, and I'll be fair, I did base number two off a blurb, um, of a, a name registry. And usually when something like that happens, a domain, uh, is acquired or a trademark is announced. It's pretty, a pretty good guess is that it's going to actually happen. And number two is, uh, Bandai Namco was going to announce a new Tales game and that, uh, Tales of Vesperia remake would get a 10 year anniversary re-release and number three i thought was um i thought it was a 100 percent no-brainer that there would be no final fantasy 7 remaster anything i asked everybody what they thought and what they uh or or what they wanted to see so it wasn't just you could either go the prediction route, or you could go the, ah, let's just hope I see something like this. And uh, Hans disagreed with me a little bit. He said, nope, maybe some gameplay footage for Kingdom Hearts. And uh, number two on the Tales uh, aspect, he said this seemed to be happening. He probably saw the same thing that I did. And But he did agree with me on FF7 about, he says, it's not a chance they'll have anything on that. And... Uh, he was forced to at least admit that he made a mistake on one of those. Chris chimed in and thought that Kingdom Hearts would release in November. And that was also what I thought. I Typically we see big games come out in November. And uh, we'll talk about what 
actually happened here in just a second. And then me and Jeff kind of went down a rabbit hole and uh, went more on the want to see. He wanted to see FFA get a release of some sort on PS4. Um, he wanted Paper Mario to go back to its roots in the next installment. And a Dragon Quest collection to be announced in some shape or form. The, um, you know, maybe, and I didn't think about this till actually just now, maybe this would be a better Tokyo Game Show wish list. I can see all these happening. Um, I agree. I would love to see Paper Mario go back to more of a thousand year door um, brilliance on the GameCube in its next form on the Switch. I think that's a, I think it's a series that's going to keep on getting releases. Um, there was nothing this year, but that's certainly something that can um, that can come out, and I can easily see if. Dragon Quest Eleven does well. I can see a one through six at least, maybe one through seven um, re-release in some way, shape, or form. That would not be anywhere outside of the realm of possibility. And there's been rumbles in the weeds about a Final Fantasy uh, collection coming out here. Um, Fairly soon. So while I was wrong about November being uh, the time for Kingdom Hearts 3, as you guys probably all know now, uh, Square Enix missed their target date of 2018, but not by much. Um, the game will come out in very early <laughs> uh, twenty. 19 and that is on January the 29th worldwide release for Xbox One and PlayStation 4 and I think that honestly um, I've read some uh, interviews since then that uh, that was one thing that the worldwide release was what caused the extra time that uh, they want to really hit that 18, 2018 release, and it just, the further they got, the closer they're getting to it, they realized it wasn't going to happen. Um, it could have been close, but, uh, and I, I think I've said this before, I much, much rather have a small delay, and this is a small delay, I mean, no no biggie at all. But don't release an incomplete or broken game. I think we've completely learned our lesson with uh, Final Fantasy XV. That that's not, a, not the way to do it. And um, they certainly came out guns a-blazing at E3. I, I did not expect... Um, that the first time we saw Kingdom Hearts would be during the um, uh, Microsoft portion. So it, it looked like Microsoft got a trailer and then Square had their conference and Square Enix and they had a little bit longer. And then PlayStation got <laughs> their own trailer with a little bit more and a little bit more. 
we we saw the frozen world of course get debuted and we knew that was happening so that wasn't a a huge surprise at all um the big uproar of course was where it looked like aqua has uh given into some of that darkness but we will see exactly what that is all about and if she can uh, be saved or who's not going to be saved. We, I don't want to go into all the details of the trailers because I'll be frank with you. It's been so long since I played Kingdom Hearts back on PS2 and I did not play the offshoots that this one's probably not going to make a whole lot of sense. But I just want to play it so bad. It just looks so pretty. Uh, of course, once the PlayStation trailer rolls around, we get to see the beautiful Pirate's World. And I did not expect them to go back to Pirates of the Caribbean. I really didn't. But now that I've seen it and its glory with the ship battles and just the character models look amazing on all that, on all the crew. So I'm really happy to actually see that. Um, we did learn about the special edition, of course. The uh, We get the... Deluxe edition at uh, $80, which will, of course, get your steelbook packaging, a mini art book with uh, concept artwork, and a collectible pin. Looks pretty cool. And um, the second one is available only through the Square Enix store, and it is a bit pricey. So, but you do get some cool stuff. You get the Bring Arts version of Sora, Donald, and Goofy. Everything that came in the um, Deluxe Edition as well. And that will go for $229.89. So, do some quick math there. It's about 50 bucks each per figure give or take and I mean they're really cool looking don't get me wrong but I don't have that kind of money right now that's for sure and if I was going to plunk some money down on anything Kingdom Hearts 3 related it's the da 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 yep the PS4 Pro Kingdom Hearts 3 edition which looks really sick and uh, assuming it's not uh, jacked up above the $400 price point. That might be something that makes its way to uh, to my house at some point in time. So what are you guys' thoughts? Are you super excited like the rest of the world is for Kingdom Hearts 3? Are you kind of, eh, it looks whatever. Um, don't care. Uh, I think it's now probably my, you know, early... 2019 is going to be a good time for it in January. You know, you're past all the rush of Christmas. So I think it's a decent time for it. It's not the best time, but um, we'll see how it does. I think it's bound to sell well, no matter what. But let's get into some of the things we we uh, heard about. Um, I'll go through my 
predictions and as they come along. So, uh, story number one actually broke today. And so I'm kind of glad I waited just a little bit because it does, it doesn't come, okay. My prediction for E3 about a new Tales game was technically not true. However, today at the Tales of Festival 2018 in Japan, Bandai Namco confirmed it's currently developing a new title in the Terror series. Nothing was (laughs) revealed beyond that. Literally, hey, we're working on a game. Duh, guys. Of course you're working on a new Tales game. Um, uh, Nothing was revealed other than it is a new console title. And it is neither a remake nor a spinoff. So I guess we are ending... That would imply to me that this is not another Tales... In the uh, Zestiria Basiria timeline, that would certainly indicate that we are starting afresh. Although I guess if you were being technical, those weren't really—they were in the same worlds, but it was not like you know Exilia one and two. So, but well, I guess we'll see as we get uh, some more details about that. So, while my E three prediction was not technically true. It was true, because those are both happening. Uh, not only are we getting the News Tales game at some point in time. I, I mean, I wouldn't expect anything like that before. What, 2020? Seems about right. If I had to, if I had to guess. Um, and I was correct about the Tales of Vesperia. Is a called the Definitive Edition. There's um, some a cool trailer out there for it, and of course some new images. Um, these images include two permanent playable members, uh, Flynn and Patty, who are not present during the original Xbox 360 version. We are hearing that this is based off the PlayStation 3 uh, version. Um, it will come out this year for PC, PS4, Xbox One, and the Switch. It'll have all the content from the Enhanced PS3 report that was released only in Japan, along with both Japanese and English voice acting. I'm so pumped about this because, I, like I said, I never got to play this one. I had a 360 for six months. A year, something like that, and ended up needing some money, so it had to be traded in. And uh, either this game was not out of the time, or I couldn't find it. I can't remember what the situation was. That was a that was a while ago, but very happy to see this happening. Some people have saw some of the messages, and they're like, "Yeah, you know, this is an old battle system as compared to the new games." Well, of course, it is. It was ten years ago. If the battle system was better than the one today, that'd be pretty sad, now wouldn't it? Um, but I enjoy those games. It looks like it's much closer to um, Symphonia, maybe Abyss, which are beloved titles for me. So I don't think that's a a bad thing whatsoever. Um, all people who who love this game talk about the story 
and how good it is. So very excited to delve finally into that world. Um, sometime later this year, we don't have a definitive release date, but I'm sure they'll come out with that uh, here pretty soon. Um, and then we'll just wrap up my pre-E3 predictions and say that I was exactly correct on no FF7 remake next year seems like a pretty decent time to see something I don't think we're going to see the Tokyo either with having to to basically start over um, the only word I've heard a tidbit somewhere that they are indeed actually working on the game it has has gotten back to that point um that is, you know, no longer in the planning stages. It is in development again. So, um, seems to be the would be a perfect swan song for the PS4 in 2020. Um, if all indications are that PS4 or PS5 is looking at 2021, that makes sense to me. And Square would be doing themselves many favors by remaking this game like the original just make a pretty modern day version of the game as it was look at the crash reboot remaster look at Spyro coming out that's how you do these games that's you rebuild it from the ground up as it would be. Don't change what we love about it. Yeah, it's turn-based combat, but that battle system would still hold up just fine. Just fine. Don't don't mess with it. I mean, speaking of turn-based combat, story number two. We've got Octopath Traveler coming out here in uh, less than a month, guys, with a turn-based battle system. It's going to work brilliantly. Um... There was a interview with, of course, there was, it was at E3 and showing how the uh, the new demo uh, just came out last week. Um, if you guys check that out, uh, interview with producer Tashi Teka Asisi. Uh, I'm sure I just butchered that one. He's a producer and a director. Kisuke Mayashi. They uh, revealed some extra details about the game. I should not try to produce or pronounce Japanese names. I know this. Um, the developers revealed that this game had been planned for the Switch from the start, and the main game should take around 50 hours to complete. Um, though, if you want to do all the side quest uh, stuff, it could easily run into the 80 to 100, pow- 100 hour range. Um, as of right now, there is no new game plus. Um, and it says the difficulty dynamically changing depending on what order players progress through things. Okay. Um, they say it's possible to complete the game with just a single character. I don't see how. But, um, sure, why not? And as of right now, no DLC has been planned for the game during its development. Okay, cool. I don't, I don't have a problem with DLC when it's done right. 
we'll talk about how one game is uh, doing that here in a second. I think most people have a problem with DLC, and the backlash comes with the day one DLC. Um, stuff that, especially stuff that's on the disc and is unlocked by purchase afterwards, that really irritates people. But yeah, stuff that should have been on the disc if it wasn't, um, and now you have to pay extra for, that's irritating, of course. But DLC down the road is no problem. And then, like in Story 3, we're going to talk about Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Which, oh, by the way, I'm still playing. 95 hours in, I'm in Chapter 6. Now, okay, I am taking my sweet time in doing all the side quests. Um, and quite enjoying them. <laughs> but I'm putting a ridiculous amount of time into this game. And it's it's so much fun. I really, really like it. But they announced, you know, they put the expansion pass out there for $30. And people have gotten stuff out of it already. And they're going to be getting the newly announced challenge mode. That just came out, which features uh, Shulk and Fiora from the first Xenoblade Chronicles. Um, I've got video links that show off these characters, uh, of course, in the show notes page. So if you guys want to check that out. Um, if you're looking for that, it's the first video link, and um, you need to look around the one hour mark. It'll run for about 25 minutes. Um, this new mode provides players with some minor story content, loot, outfits, and will test their skills as they fight off waves of enemies in order to complete the challenges. As I mentioned, it gets to use uh, Shulkin Fjord as rare blades. With Nintendo later confirming that the two characters can be brought into the main game by following certain steps. Hmm. Challenge mode is available today for owners of Xenoblade Chronicles 2 Expansion Pass. Now, a second section, which is in the second video, it starts around the 35-minute mark. It focuses on the new prequel Expansion Pass, Torna. The Golden Country. This expansion takes place 500 years ago, before the events. So, back during the Aegis Wars. Very, very cool stuff. Follows uh, Laura, the character was previously appeared in the main game through flashbacks, delving into the history of the various key characters we see. Although I'm not finished, I'm. I'm it's so hard to uh, try to look up stuff on Xenoblade <laughs> and not inadvertently see spoilers like if you're like what you know what's the best way to do this or that and okay spoiler don't read this part (laughs) so yeah i'm uh very interested to see how this plays out i even said this the other day i was like talking with emily that it would have been really cool if this uh prequel had come out first and then Chronicles 2 to see how characters that changed over the 500 years because they seem like they really have changed it's um, it's going to be interesting to play this so Torn of the Golden Country adds a brand new Titan for players to explore um, they can also visit certain other Titans such as Gormont um, in their state 500 years before 
there will be some adjustments to the gameplay. Uh, you can now directly... Uh, you can now control and quickly switch between either the blade or the driver, as well as giving characters new talent arts. There's a new camp feature where characters can rest, craft items, or have brief conversations based on the current party members. The expansion will be released digitally for Expansion Pass owners on September 14th. And there's even a standalone retail version um, that will come out. And that will be a little bit later on September 21st. I've got the link to the trailer for that as well. So very cool news coming out. Uh, I'd like to see that. And that's... uh, well, it's not very good timing, <laughs> is it, with Dragon Quest a uh, week before that. But Dragon Quest is not coming out for the Switch, so there'll be players that will be enjoying that, I'm sure. And that's good, to each their own. But I won't be getting this right away. We'll pick it up at a later date. Um, outside of E3... We got a story from Japanese developer Gust. They have announced, let's see, how would you pronounce this? It's N-E-L-K-E, Nelke, and the legendary alchemist out here of a new land. It is a spinoff from the... uh, uh, from the main series, and it is a town-building RPG starring a young noble woman named Nelki. She is a uh, she's named director of a remote village called Velspalt and tasked with overseeing its development. It looks like a pretty cool idea. That's literally all they showed in the um, screenshots was just the uh, town building. Um, looks pretty cool. I, I, I'm I'm very intrigued by this. I wonder if how they're going to handle uh, other aspects of the game. But uh, players can develop their town by placing down buildings and earning money to reinvest and place more buildings. Assisting uh, okay, in this endeavor are legendary alchemists from across the series, including Meru, Mary, and Sophie. And they uh, they definitely showed up in these screenshots. It is being developed for uh, PS4, of course. Did I say Xbox One? No, no. It has just been developed for PS4, Vita, and the Switch. It is coming out later this year in Japan. No news yet on a Western release. Nor did I really expect it since I just announced it. Not really surprising there. Um, new, this one just uh, came out yesterday or a couple days ago that uh, there's a new title coming out for Platinum Games and Square Enix. Uh, they recently partnered up for Near Automata and now their new game is called Babylon's Fall. Coming out for PS4 and PC planned to release next year in 2019. There's not very many details at this point. Um, the brief trailer did show Various bits of lore for the game, as well as a brief fight between two armored knights. I've got the link trailer for you guys there, so this could be another uh, another cool game in the partnership between Platinum and uh, 
Square Enix. We'll look forward to seeing that. Dragon Quest XI did get an awesome new trailer, Echoes of the Elusive Age. And it released, uh, we got news on two special editions for the game. First is the edition of Light, which is available physically for PS4 and digitally as well for PS4 and PC. This one is the, right there's the normal price point, $60, and has some DLC items, a MP restoring accessory, an HP restoring accessory, and three single-use skill seeds. And it's also got a reversible uh, cover art for the physical edition. Now, if you've got a few more bucks to spend, you can plunk it down on the edition of Lost Time. Now, this one's only ordered for pre-order for the PS4, exclusively through uh, Square Enix Online Store. And it is going to be uh, sending you back $150. All the same items for the physical uh, edition. Plus, you get a 20-inch by 15-inch cloth world map, two-disc orchestrated soundtrack you get the awesome steelbook case 128 page companion com- <laughs> that's a, a tongue twister you get the companion compendium hardbook art book and you get bonus DLC items the pip pop single use item 15 additional skill use points that's um <clears throat> that's pretty solid right there. But uh, I've got a picture for you guys. And you know, I guess I'm almost required to get this special edition. But man, that's a lot of money. We'll see how it is. And I don't get my Amazon discount on that either. <sighs> Square Enix. Uh, I'll shut up and take my money. Um, of course, the game is coming out... Uh, on September the 4th, uh, cannot wait for that one. As I released the trailer on the Facebook page the other day, even said it was shaping up easily be JRPG of the year. So that's all the highlights that we saw from E3 this year. Um, it was about what I expected, and I think that's the way most people would look at it. We we got Kingdom Hearts three. We knew we were going to get a bunch of it. We knew we would get some Dragon Quest done in there. Announcements were a bit on the light side, as they usually are. Um, e three is more for North American games. Um, big 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 games. Uh, there were certainly things that didn't make it and that I think potentially could make it for Tokyo Game Show. We'll have to wait and see. That is typically where we get more JRPG news. There was, uh, you know, I didn't expect to hear um, about Trails of Cold Steel 3. I guess I was just really hoping so. Uh, I guess... Because that would have been nice to have. But, I mean, maybe, maybe they didn't even make it over here for the show. Uh, wouldn't 
wouldn't surprise me that much, to be fair. Uh, and I guess it would just be odd. In, in my mind, it seems backwards to have a Western release announcement for a game like that to come out at Tokyo Game Show. But, I mean, we, we know what's coming. I guess it's just frustrating that we don't know yet. That was the major one that I thought May could possibly sneak in there. Um, but, we'll see. Now, we're, we're going to get a, a dead period here, for sure, between now and then. I think news is going to be very light. Um... If we have anything, I'll certainly uh, gather it all up and and re- record another podcast. But it could be could be some slow pickings between now and then. But we'll have to wait and see. Hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Uh, hope you guys are uh, having fun. Uh, summer break, so to speak, time. It's always a good time to to break out a good JRPG and enjoy it. Head on over to the Facebook page and uh, let me know what you're gaming on and what you're getting into. Uh, FYI, for our collector friends out there, I just uh, went by Walgreens the other day, and they've got the Series 2 of their Kingdom Hearts figures out. And those are a steal at 10 bucks each anyway. So if you find those, you definitely want to pick them up. i got Goofy and Roxas, and so I've got to find... Um, yeah, I forget what they call him, but it looks like Steamboat Willie from Sora. Um, he's out there floating, floating around somewhere. And I will have him as soon as I find him. So definitely you guys want to check those out if you can uh, be so lucky as to find them. Uh, That's just a quick side note. On that note, I'm going to end this one. Head over to the Facebook page, as we said. Join our community and talk about the games that you love. All the previous podcasts can be found at jamesfisherproductions.podbean.com. Head over there for the show notes as well. You can check out all the stories that we talked about today, as well as images and uh, links to all the trailers. Until next time, guys, this is James Fisher signing off for the JRPG Report. We'll talk to you next time. But until then, get back out there and level up.